The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. Today on our show, we're talking to the founder and executive director of Wild Diversity. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined with Mercy Mufan Shama, who is executive director and founder for Wild Diversity. How are you? I am doing so good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the organization's nearly four years old. Um, why don't you tell us what it does? All right. Uh, Wild Diversity is a nonprofit. Uh, We do outdoor education and outdoor adventures for the BIPOC and the LGBTQ community. That's anywhere from hikes to overnight kayaking trips. So, right. And and I think that once you hear what you do, the name starts to make sense. Wild (laughs) Diversity. (laughs) How does this differ from Sierra Clever Outward Bounds? Um, (laughs) I would say it differs a lot. One thing um, that we do is we really support these community in a safe and welcoming environment. That is not something you usually see for historically white-led outdoor organizations. They definitely have their own culture catered uh, to a dominant population, and there hasn't really been as much uh, variation to support other groups, to understand other groups' needs as far as risk management, what it takes for a BIPOC person to be in the outdoors, uh, the safety factor and concerns, what it takes for a trans person to be outdoors. So we definitely focus on that. I think we do the widest range of activities. Like I mentioned, hikes, backpacks, camping, canoe and kayak trips, single day events, multi-day events. And we love people who are brand new to the outdoors as much as we love people who are super experienced in the outdoors. So somebody doesn't feel like they have to kind of be an elite outdoorist to join us. They can join us wherever they're at. And we're going to work really hard to find whatever their love language is in the outdoors. Um, what, What ages are we talking about? Um, We do adults and youth. We have youth programming. Our youth ecology programs right now is working hard in a collaborative uh, project with another local nonprofit called Girls Build. And we are doing school. We're doing school that centers on the youth being outside, learning ecology, learning conservation, and they we meet it's a full-time program it's kind of a alternative virtual education for bipoc youth and those are our youngest um folks that we work with they're k through two and they're amazing and they bring so much uh joy and understanding and absorption to you know the ecology curriculum we're trying to teach them uh, we also are doing a youth ecology 
intensive this summer for older youth uh, as well as like uh, day events for youth during the summer and then we have a lot of adult programming for adults that couldn't um, find a way to join outdoor activities couldn't see a place for themselves we want to cater them to them too um, they're kind of similar to me where they miss a lot of the outdoor activities and ventures growing up as a child and so you know that's where you really fall in love with the outdoors and so we're trying to provide that for them as an adult now well, you, there's there's a lot to talk about i want to um I want to start with tell me tell me about some of the excursions. Can you tell me one of the specific uh, canoe or a kayak trip, or are there are there favorite hikes that Wild Diversity is uh, does as a go to? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, for hiking, we like to center it around our adventure leaders and their passion. So our adventure leaders are uh, folks in our community that work with us and guide these adventures and they the hikes are really about this is a place that i would love to share with my community this is my favorite hike or this is an in-town hike this is the easier hike or this is more challenging hikes so hikes are pretty open as far as backpacks we kind of stay in this roughly three hour radius of Portland. There's so many options out there, of course, being in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, I don't know if the organization has a favorite. I definitely have some favorite backpacks that I really enjoy going on in our area. What's one of those? I would say Susan Creek, which is closed right now due to a fire, which is a bummer. Susan Creek is a place where I had my very first backpacking trip. Um, and I went as a part of a meetup. I didn't know what to expect. Um, and it's a place where it's just uh, this creek that you could backpack all up and down that is peppered with a handful of waterfalls. It's completely gorgeous. And it makes a nice beginner hike. Although I was beginner, beginner, I packed my own food and I thought it would be so clever to just like keep it simple. So I just packed a sandwich bag full of sandwiches, like a, a bread bag full of sandwiches. <laughs> and it was the same sandwich. And I was so sick of eating this one sandwich that I packed by the how, end of the How trip. long were you out there? It was just, a, I think, a one night or two night. It was a very interesting introduction. <laughs> so now I know that I like a bit more variety on the trail. Um, which, which is also a good segue to talk about what I mean, for yourself, but also in, in, in general, what have been some of the barriers for the youth and adults that you're, that you're working with to getting to outdoors, to getting to hikes, to getting canoes, uh, into canoes? Um, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about how Sierra Club or some of the uh, more established organizations haven't necessarily catered outside of their demographic, but there's, what are some of the barriers? I think like when you are working with a people of color, I, I think this is a really great question because we did a whole workshop series called risk management for the future. And it was centered around identifying and talking about and naming, giving names to all those risks that it takes for people in our community to go outside. That means from historical barriers like did did they go backpacking, uh, camping? Did they go outdoors as a child? If they did, what did that look like? 
some of their parents had like have these memories of them clutching guns the whole time and feeling really unsafe um, there's a dealing with racism in the outdoors dealing with intimidation in the outdoors is something huge and that we have i have experienced myself and there's no shortage of stories of people dealing with racism and intimidation in the outdoors um, making it less likely that they would even go out alone so being able to go a part of a group being able to see the little things that we do to keep ourselves safe versus like it doesn't feel like easy to go to the outdoors i think that you know like white men probably have the easiest time outside women can't just go camping whenever they want to anywhere they want to with their girlfriends it's just like a different story there's a whole set of risk factors so when you start looking at bipoc folks and trans folks there's people who want to attack these communities just for existing so there's definitely safer ways to do it. We definitely can't guarantee anyone's safety. We can't control all the factors, but definitely being in a group where you don't feel tokenized, where people are not gonna ask you strange questions because of your uh, gender, sexual orientation or race, always helps you feel more safe and comfortable. Like you feel like you can connect with those people um, in a way that uh, feeling on the outskirts of a group feels so unsafe, especially when you're already feeling in a very unsafe place in the outdoors. Does that and, make and, sense? And I found uh, that somewhere on your website, it says you start each excursion with the quote, you are only as fast as your slowest hiker. Can mm. you, ex I mean, I think you, you're explaining some of what that means, but can you talk about how did that come about? Did, was that was that the first time that Wild Diversity had an excursion that that was said, or did that come about at another time? Um, I think there is a lot of people out there who have had experience of being not fast enough on the trail and kind of being left behind or the pressure of slowing down a group. If you were ever in that position, it changes your entire perspective of if you're gonna even enjoy that. And a lot of times you're not. You're not gonna enjoy a hike when you go with folks and they leave you behind. You're not gonna enjoy a hike if they're making you feel like you're holding back the group and you're eliminating their fun. Uh, going out on hikes is more than just getting from point A to B, you know? And if that's the only way we approach it of just getting there the fastest, let's take a car, let's, rent a helicopter and get dropped into the spot. But there's so much gorgeous experience that can happen and gorgeous connection that can happen with people on the trail while taking that journey. So I definitely believe like being on the trail, connecting with folks, being able to slow down and see the trees and the plants that make up the area to identify the birds is what going on a hike is about or one of the many things it's not the only thing um, but i don't believe that just getting to point b as fast as you can is just the only way to go so i think a lot of our philosophy is about changing the perceived ways of existing in the outdoors and what the outdoors is for like it doesn't solely have to be a challenge it doesn't solely have to be an exercise uh, there's so many ways to exist in the outdoors even on a trail 
We're going to get to the song break in a moment. I, I, before we do that, I feel like there's the, uh, uh, we obviously need to talk about the pandemic. Um, yeah. Wild diversity, uh, excuse the metaphor, but was hitting its stride, it seemed like, and then the pandemic hit. And how, how has the organization adopted to uh, the pandemic? I mean, obviously being outdoors is great, but maybe being in a group is a little more challenging. That's a great question. Um, yeah, the pandemic really hit us hard. I think for us, one thing that was very heartwarming is that we started our first leadership development training um, last year. And it just turned to virtual overnight. And we had 12 folks in our leadership development training. It was like a seven uh, class training, a seven week, seven class training. And they all prioritize that even during the scary pandemic when we didn't know what it was and what it was going to be they still showed up and completed the seven weeks of training and then we kind of practice what being in the field could look like what does a social distance backpack look like and you know creating like new parameters around that and mask wearing and cooking food and uh, definitely having a lot of personal hand sanitizer for each individual. So we felt like it was possible and it was kind of a pilot year to try that out. Our Resilience Outdoor Conference, which was like outdoors uh, the year prior and at Warm Springs, last year was all virtual. So we had these amazing workshop leaders from within our community teaching from all over the United States and Canada. And the participants were from all over the United States. We had a, a big handful of people from different places in Europe. And it just let us know that the need for this uh, creating community and outdoor spaces is really huge and really wanted. And it also showed us how we could extend our reach to support people in other places with, with our virtual content. So we did ramp it up. We did uh, more YouTube videos last summer. Our youth ecology program was virtual. So we were able to push out a lot of content there. And we hope to do the same to not only reach out to people locally, but to be able to reach out uh, in communities that are further away from Portland who want that connection uh, surrounding the BIPOC and the LGBTQ community in the outdoors. Coming out of the pandemic then, is, is that going to change uh, 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 the services you provide? Or I mean, like you said, you're, you're reaching further geographically. I mean, is that going to change um, the, the, the population you're working with? Um, I think, I mean, it stays the same. I, I, I definitely believe that what you, who you support and communities have been, when you can support communities that have been most marginalized, you kind of support everyone in that way. So I, I believe everybody has access to our content. I think this year we still have a lot of in-person content that we are prepping to do. Our WildX program with through our youth ecology program has been in person this whole time. Um, so we that was a COVID response program. So we've been working with youth since September in person and in small groups. So now this summer we're extending that to our adults programs where we just we're um, putting together a calendar and we already have 18 weekends of events between June and September booked with, you know, with, you know, our swimming program in the middle of there, 
plus our virtual content. So this year is gonna be <laughs> something else. And we're still gonna have our COVID protocols in place throughout the season. Uh, we have a lot, we're just about to send out emails today to 20 plus adventure leaders to be a part of our training this year. And they're gonna help lead these programs during the summer. Mercy Mafan Sharma is executive director and founder of Wild Diversity. Um, we're gonna take a song break. What, okay. what, what do you have a suggestion for us to put on? Um, I like the song uh, "Rivers and Roads" by uh, The Head and the Heart. From now we'll all be gone All our friends will move away And they're going to better places But our friends will be gone away Nothing is as it has been and I miss your face like hell And I guess it's just as well But I miss your face like hell
So that was the head and the heart, rivers and roads. This is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Mercy Mufan Shama, who is executive director and founder for Wild Diversity. I want to just roll back a little bit. We're going to talk about you and how the organization started. So you have a long history as a roller derby coach. Is that, do I have that right? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and the, it, it seems like there'd be certainly some transfer of what you're doing. I mean, that you're coaching roller derby is a team sport. Uh, leadership is obviously part of roller derby and, and uh, it's it, teaching leadership is part of wild diversity. Can you talk about, was there an aha moment uh, when you realized you wanted to start this organization, Wild Diversity? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think for me is that I wanted to transition from when I think about roller derby and like the connection, I think about that was a lot about empowering women. Um, roller derby was one of those sports where you didn't have to like play it as a child, where there was a lot of programming to help somebody who's brand new, who's never even skated in their life, compete in a pretty aggressive contact sport on roller skates and have them be successful. So that idea of working with folks who are just brand new and building them up to be really spectacular in a sport, as well as the team aspect was a huge draw for me. Um, and for Wild Diversity, I just had a vision of supporting folks in the outdoors. And I had absolutely no idea what it's gonna look like. Like, how do you run a nonprofit or make uh, a business or anything flow out of taking people outdoors in the Pacific Northwest? Like, it just seemed to me like there's plenty of access to go on hikes here. Um, it wasn't till um, like what, the 2016 election of just seeing how, there was a definite push for erasure for the queer and trans community and how things were getting um, uh, visibly, <laughs> visibly, I should say, more difficult for the BIPOC community. Um, 
and it it just spoke to me as like this these communities that I'm part of are the ones I wanted to support in the outdoors. So as things started to get more difficult, increased number of hate crimes and legislation against my community, it felt like they more than anyone else needed a place to retreat and reset reset in the outdoors. And I wanted to be a part of that process and making that happen. And it seems like, I mean, it certainly seems like uh, from the outside looking in that that you've you've achieved much of that. But how how what surprised you? What what uh, uh, unforeseen uh, outcome has there has there been with starting the organization? What? That's a good question. I think when I started it, I also felt so much despair at the status quo that I remember being in tears, thinking like. You know, things may not change in my lifetime and they may not help and affect people in my lifetime, but I'm doing the work to build a foundation and that in the future, things will be better for my community. And I really thought like, not in my lifetime. And then taking folks out on the trip and hearing words like, this is everything I've ever needed. Like, this is so needed. This is something I've been wanting and dreaming about forever for people to create this community in the outdoors. People accessing our things, they're like, you mean I could be like queer and poor and still do this? And seeing how much change and support the work we're doing is providing people right now, today, has been really heartwarming. I think when I look at our leadership development team and seeing all these people who are like, yes, I want to do this work with you. Like, I believe in the mission and the work you're doing for the community, and I want to join it and be a part of it and support the mission. I think these things are confirmation that the work that I dreamed of would happen in somebody else's lifetime is happening right now. So that feels unexpected and really beautiful for me. Mercy Mifan Shama is executive director and founder. That is just, it is, it's great to hear about the work you're doing and 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 how quickly uh, you've, you've grown this organization. So congratulations and thanks for sharing some time with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.